Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello. Welcome to She Podcast. This is Jessica Kupferman with me as always. The lovely, the slender Elsie Escobar. <laughs> Hi. The, the baby rat. What does that mean, baby rat? The baby rat. That's what my friends used to say to me when I was, when they saw that I was losing too much weight mm. or something like that. And my whole face, you know, became so exhausted and tired like it is right oh, now. Oh, honey. So it's like, oh, look, it's the baby rat. It's not flattering, but it is funny. Yes, it is. And it actually is very appropriate. <laughs> it is quite appropriate, but. <laughs> The little baby wet rat. If my hair was wet, I'd be like, "Mm -hmm." ouch, all painful. So long time no speak. How have you been? I don't know, dude. I don't know how I've been. I mean, honestly, just getting the show up. I did my best. I did my best. I did my best to get us here early. Er. And, and alas, it was my fault that we're starting a half an hour late. Yeah. Because the darn microphone wasn't reading on yeah. my computer. What's going so, on? So, yeah, with welcome that? to the world of what it takes to podcast. I once again go back. What is it that you said, Jess, about Skype? What is it? 80%? What, was it? what is it that you said? We need to really have that as a bumper. Story. Oh, uh, someone. Yeah, we were trying to get. It's funny because we were supposed to have like a Skype test yesterday because we're doing like a virtual workshop with a colleague and their tech department was like, here's how you use Skype. Log in with your email. And then you, this is how you make a call. This is how you do that. And then I, and Elsie texts me. She's like, they don't know who they're dealing with. So I wrote back, we have been successfully using Skype, 80% successful since 2013. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's never 100% successful. You can really, no. really have 80% success with Skype. Right. And I think that you can actually put that forth throughout the entire thing of uh, podcasting. It is yeah. 80% successful. The end. Mm-hmm. Period. That's, yeah. So, it's like yeah, my t-shirt would... in college was University of Delaware, the best five or six years of your life. <laughs> and it's true. You, no one could graduate in four. It was like impossible. Oh, my God. So, yes. Anyway. I just don't want to let y'all like give up for all of you people who are starting to podcast or forget to press record or your mic isn't being picked up or there's a weird noise in the background. It happens to all of us, regardless of how good we want to make things and how we want to prep because... Something always happens. I'm all for always thinking that it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something's going to suck. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, alas. So, shall we get started with some news? You yep, think? Let's get crack a lacking. For the informed podcaster, podcasting news. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So when I'm seeing the when I see the notion thing, I just see Jess going up and down. Up, I don't know. You see I, that? Okay, so for the last wait, hold on, hold on. 
But the That's last weird. three episodes, we've been talking about Notion, which is like an, an, a web app that we were both using. So now we're using it as sort of our show notes. And so it kind of looks like Trello, but um, when the person that you are like collaborating with on a document in Notion is there, there's a little circle of their face. And then when they move their mouse, you can see that little mouse go move up and down. In fact, I will do it for you, Jess. Okay. I think that you see my little face go up and down the yeah. cards there. Right. Yeah. So Wait, I keep seeing see. Jess go like this. Do it again. And she just goes up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I can't down. see anything. You oh, now I see it. Yeah. I okay. See, it. see? Yep. it's mm-hmm. like up and down, up and down. And then I see Jay. That's John. He's in there too. So we're like, literally. <laughs> I don't see you, Elsie. Where are you? Oh, no, dude. But I your, see. Your little I face? See. I don't see your face at all. Okay. Well, maybe. I, I do well, see I John see though. Yeah. Jess is going up and down. Or maybe he's just tapping on the thing. Oh, oh there you, you are. To, I see yeah, you. <laughs> you have to tap on the thing, you jigger. I guess. <laughs> so it's That's like funny. all of a sudden they see like Jess tapping up and down. And it's a bit creepy. It is a bit creepy. This is why I was laughing. So oh, why funny. don't we talk about wh- what you <laughs> let's talk about the work it survey. Okay. Yeah, Do you remember we discussed this a while ago? I remember back. that I also wrote an article about how yes, you did. misleading it was because mm-hmm. they said they wanted to know about pay grade in, in podcasting, not you know, for all women podcasters, but it wasn't. It was for what we call corpcasters now, people who podcast for a corporation. And also, I didn't like that they asked, as a podcaster, what do you do? And there were different right. answers other than podcast. <laughs> that didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Correct. So, But alas, though, the actual information was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff that they came out with. Yeah. So it, they released it essentially to show what I would say, like what, yeah, what the general podcasting people out there make with their show, not make with their show, make to get paid to podcast, right? And I think that what, what was the most eye-opening for me, which absolutely makes sense, is that they broke down this survey by the role that you pay, like that you're taking on within the podcasting distribution or the production. And so it's broken down into sound technical production, executive leadership, administrative staff, support, fundraising, hosting, Hosting as in like hosting your show, editorial production, digital production and support, and audience development. And out of all of those people, the people that make the most money are the sound and technical production. So John should be like super Overpaid. rich. You would I think. I mean, right. Super rich. But alas, no. Although <laughs> I might be now. But a, alas. I might be now no. a procaster because now I am working on a show every day. With Sonny Galt that we record and uh, the CastBox app pays us to put out. So You're kidding. It's close. It's funny, huh? Yes. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. John's been doing this now for like, what is it, like two, is it two or three weeks, weeks now? Right? Two weeks, yeah. It's called Revive Live. And on the CastBox app, we live stream every day, one o'clock to two o'clock Eastern time. And it's myself, Sonny Galt, and then she brings other people in as guests. And it's a lot of fun. And it's a great learning experience. A lot of fun. That's awesome. And so you, but you see how I think that this survey can kind of shows you 
in some way the things that people are willing to pay more money for, not necessarily because how would I say it? And I and, and again, this isn't like to <laughs> it's gonna sound kind of weird. But it's not to take away from how good John is, meaning as a technical sound tech person, right? An editor, but from the fact that there's a lot of us that can do the rest of it a little bit easier, like some of the stuff, like hosting your show, develop, like doing some of the marketing for your show, having to do the, all the little bits and pieces, all the administrative support, like all of those things most of us can kind of do. Like if somebody's coming into podcasting and has never podcasted before, there is generally a wealth of knowledge that most of us have sort of like starting at a foundational understanding of the digital space. Yet, one part that we're not really skilled at, I think in total, is audio production. And that kind of shows. I think it shows here. What do you think, Jess? Why do you think that is? I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's weird. I wonder, I I, I was very surprised by that, actually. Yeah. I was surprised by the hope, by the fact that the hosts, like, yeah, breaking that's it down way the, down there. Way down there. How can there? the so, admin make more than the host? Exactly. And the fundraising. And well, the that... audience, look at audience development. And that's what everybody wants, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that what everybody wants? Everybody's like, oh my God, how can I grow my show bigger? Well, maybe invest in it a little It more. must be harder to find tech people or they wouldn't get paid so much. I mean, a host is a dime a dozen. Anybody, fundraising and audience development is mostly sales. Right. I don't know what edio- editorial production means. I guess show notes, anybody can do, I mean, not anybody, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess technically the well, tech that's what I, people, that's what the I, sound and tech people are the, yeah, they're the most specifically skilled, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's still weird, though. You would think that the talent would make the most money. But alas, no. But alas, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not the case. We are, in fact, worthless compared to those who can actually edit the show, John. Well, okay, so I'm very good technically as far as getting a show up, trying to record, making workarounds and stuff like that. But working past couple of weeks, working with Sonny, she flows so well and she speaks so well and she has such a radio voice that right. this Friday she was going to say, you do the show. And I'm like, ah! I, <laughs> <laughs> right. is that your little girl scream? Yes. That's funny. I did. I pulled my funny. skirt up and I jumped on a chair like I saw a mouse. Oh my God, that's hilarious. And I said, I don't know. I don't think I can do this because... They they listen to her all week, and then all of a sudden I come in and fumble around and stutter as I do live. Yeah. I can't I can't take my mistakes out in the right. editing. We're live, right? So we're going to do two shows: one at twelve, and, and then one What's at up, tonight. Guys, it's John from New Jersey. Yo, it's John from Jersey. <laughs> so yeah, what I'm saying is, what talent is the people that are technical might not be able to do what the talent does, and the people that are talent can't do what the technical. So that's why you kind of need everybody as a team. If you have a right. podcasting team where everybody's good at one thing, I think that's better than having somebody that's average trying to do all the things. Yep, you're right. And it does take somebody incredibly skilled for that to be a host. That said, though, John, there's a difference, I feel, with something like what Sonny's doing, which is a little bit more live. Versus what we do here, where we totally screw things up a lot of the time. We have a lot of bloopers. We have a lot of times where we kind of rattle off into some other kind of topic or whatever. And yet, we still have the skill as hosts to keep things interesting, to have a lot of energy behind it. Like, we kind of also are good. 
it's not like interchangeable. But, We're not interchangeable. But we need, yeah, but we need like somebody to clean us up a little bit, like John does in post production, yeah. which is very unique to podcasting versus having to do radio. You kind of have to have that another yet another layer of skill where you do that. Where if it's live, you just got to go, and it's either scripted or you have to be really good on the fly and. I mean, in all honesty, I think Jess is a lot better at that kind of stuff, meaning in the entertainment kind of side of things, in the improv side of things, in the way that she can take something that's literally gone to shit and turn it all the (laughs) way around into something amazing, like within a second. And it doesn't have to do with the topic. So she has that skill set, whereas I'm a little more like, okay, these are the bullet points. Okay, that bullet point didn't really work out. Um, Now what? Now what do we do? So now... You know what I mean? So I I don't keep it as it's not as entertaining with me. I don't have that. And yet I can, you are so entertaining, just not on purpose. That's what's yeah, great about uh, you. Yes, there's that that uh, that I, I have been known for that. But I have Correct. to tell you, working live as I have in the past couple of weeks and Sonny and I are able to see each other through video. Right. When I see she's kind of stumbling where she's got to get something, she's trying to pull up the, a caller or something like that that she's bringing in and she needs to be spelled. She needs to concentrate I can see that and I can come in and vamp for a couple minutes until she gets done. So uh, my skills at being live are getting better because I'm doing it more. So, again, it's like anything else. If you practice it, if you work out, I guess it would be the same with yoga. If you're doing it every day, it becomes easier. If you don't do it and then you try to do it again, it becomes harder. I know when I stopped podcasting for a long time and I got behind the mic, my chest was all tight. Because I was behind the mic again. Now, I don't even remember the mic's on. It never even Mm. comes into my mind that I'm recording. But you guys, if you want to see some of this stuff, they really broke it down. Like they went through median hourly pay by role so that you can see how much money people are getting paid by the hour. They actually went down also for as an employment kind of thing, meaning like if somebody is you're hired by a separate company or something like that, and they kind of give you an hourly of what this looks like. I don't know, for any aspect of what you're doing, right? They say that a part-time and a non-audio focused company is going to be giving you about 20 to $24 an hour. Freelancers seem to be making the most at 40 to $44 an hour. And all of these are based on, I believe that they figured all this stuff out by looking at the annual income. So they sort of went backwards uh, in order to do this kind of stuff. And they also show you in terms of years of experience. So if you have less than six months, your hourly pay by years of experience is 15 to 19 an hour. Freelancers Um, always make more money because we don't get benefits. Well, we, (laughs) because I used to be freelancer, because they don't get benefits. They always make more money. I don't know if that even counts. Yeah, and, and exactly. It's not even in here. But it looks here that if people who have been around for over 15 years, 15 to $54 an hour, and then 20 plus years, uh, 60 to $64 an hour. So It's interesting uh, that the people who have done it one year make more than the people who have done it two. I know. Isn't that weird? That's bizarre. Because they're being probably sold as yeah. new and up and coming. Exactly. Such BS. Such BS. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I think it's interesting that, did you say, I mean, did you notice the different subjects too? Like business Oh my God, no, I just looked at that. That's so cool. Okay, yeah, go, go, go. So business is paid way more than like, okay, so in the order of appearance for pricing, the top paying areas are business, technology, science, and other. 
and then news, society, literature, health, food, education, arts, and then smaller is sports and then music, which is interesting. And if you're listening, it doesn't mean that your show is worth more or less if you're on that. It just means that the people who are getting paid the most work on the shows about this in the companies. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with like whether or not your business show is worth more than your music show or whatever. Right. Which I just thought that was interesting that the business shows get paid the most and then technology and then science. But I mean, I guess it makes sense because isn't it true that in life those people are paid more? Exactly. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that because that's like, doesn't it seem like that's, Educate. That's in reflection yeah. of how we value our, Education's our society. Way at the bottom, and so is a teacher salary. So yeah, it stands exactly. to reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's weird. So even all the health and food, right? It's like yeah, totally. nobody really cares about that. <laughs> I mean, in the government, you know what I mean? In society, as right. in like. Not enough to pay them what the business and tech people are Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Because it's so, it's very interesting to see what we look at, at that for that. And then obviously, they also have a median hourly pay for the type of format that you have. So if you have like a documentary, it seems to be documentaries are the ones that get paid the most. Then interviews, then other. I wonder what that is. And then lastly, well, scripted and other are about the same, which are somewhere between $35 to $39 an hour. The documentary style type format gets paid more at from 40 to $44 an hour. Well, of course, because they're real journalists after all. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy crap. So, and then they have the hourly pay by gender, which women responded most to this survey. Uh, 72% of, of respondents were female, then male, 25%, and then non binary were about at 2.65%. And you can see here that the people who earn the most within this context were the men at 40 to $44 an hour. With women at 35 to 39 and non-binary at 32 to 37. So Sad. that's interesting. It's interesting. It's a $5 difference. It's a $5. $5. $5 an hour times 40 is $200 a week more that they're getting than than women. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, 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 kind it's of crazy $1,000 more a month. Yeah. Ugh, I'm you know what's really interesting, though? I don't know if you saw the median hourly wage by role and gender, because it even here, the hosting, the male, at, I think. yeah, the male gets paid more still here and editorial production. It's equal. Whatever that is. What is it? Editorial production? Editorial I production is-, is like doing the show notes and writing the, you know, I think editorial production is like, um, I don't know, like, like doing the. Like, let's say you're doing serial, like writing out the script, maybe. Yeah. And then maybe editing it to. Yeah. Yeah. Or, editing, out, right, or like, right. you know, getting. So it seems like that seems to be equal. But the place where you get more uh, discrepancy here, which is known, is in the sound technical production, which uh, men are getting paid 50 to $54 an hour and women uh, 45 to 49 So that's interesting as well. That is interesting. Why would women be paid less? What? Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't like that. I mean, if there is good. Um, now, now, wait a minute. I know you're getting upset with me here right now. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. Because... No, I don't think you're no, joking. No, we don't think I we're think joking. You're okay. like... Because I see a lot of female editors. <laughs> Captain Oblivious. <laughs> Captain Oblivious to save the day. Okay, hang on a second now. Wait a minute. Let me Oblivion, just... Oblivion. Sorry. Okay. 
So, you know, I work with a lot of female editors that do a great job and they get paid. You know, they have the same rates that, that I have. Matter of fact, some of them get paid more. Right. You're and so so now, well, so are they. They are, too. They run their own business. They're, 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 yeah. Okay. This survey is for salaried PCM. So what I'm saying now is, and I'm starting to see a little trend here, maybe. Hmm. Oh, my God. Welcome to the party. Right? Yep. John, in every job. All across America, no, it's not men every job. are paid more. Well, no, because there's some unionized Don't jobs. Don't say no. Uh, okay, we're not getting into this. I'm sorry. But I think that that should be changed because if a of woman... Of course it should be changed. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's the whole okay. point of women... I'm sorry. I shouldn't even have brought sake. this up. I'm sorry. I'm saying the whole John. point of feminism is is making sure that women have equal pay for equal work. That is literally the definition of being a feminist. I thought it was right. to stop making sandwiches for men. Okay, go ahead. I mean, that happened a long time ago. <laughs> we stopped hey, making sandwiches, but we still can't get paid the same fucking amount. All right, I'm right. sorry. Sorry. And so now, but but wait, hold on. I love it up, when someone think, gets woke on our show. I think that here's here's the thing, though, John, and I and 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 this was actually really brought to light is that when you start to like, if you scroll down on that page, there is a podcaster pay negotiation plus know your worth section. And I think here is the key. And it's exactly what's happening now, because as you were talking about, there's a lot of freelancing uh, e editing females that are getting paid possibly even more than you. Right. right than men. Yeah. That, but but the thing is, they're freelancing. They know how to talk about their work. They also know how to negotiate and they know their worth. So there's a lot of female uh, editors out there who are saying no to work because they don't want to work for that amount of money. They know how much money is worth their time and they want to work with a certain kind of client. So they come in already with all of these tools versus somebody who is coming to a corporation or a company and they are like just wanting to get into the door. And I'm only going to use this as an example because I don't I actually have no clue. But let's say you are a younger or somebody who's been around for maybe two to three years in the business, and then you have in the business of podcasting, and you get an opportunity to go to be an uh, editor for a well-known corpcaster somewhere in either New York or Los Angeles. If you step into that role as is an audio producer of sorts, there is going to be, I think... For somebody who's new and not really into this, they are not going to come in with an, to negotiate their salary at a specific rate. Whereas somebody who's a freelancer or already knows what they're worth are going to actually possibly not even apply because they could negotiate more money by freelancing for themselves or getting more lucrative gigs. Right. Yes. That's my thought okay. around that. And I just they could, also they could. I'm sorry. They could pick up information and then move on and get more pay later from somewhere else. All right. Jess is over there reeling because of what I just said. Sorry. Go ahead, Jess. No, I just want to go a tiny bit deeper. Take a moment. Take a moment and acknowledge the white man privilege that <laughs> you've had up until this point, where at age sixty something something, right, you now have the ability to be like, "What? That's not fair." Whereas women have been dealing with this bullshit since day one. We'll see. And the other thing, too, is this, John. It's like we don't know all of this stuff. Like one of the reasons the work work it survey is out is so that it could be more transparent, because even though you see a lot of women saying we need, you know, equal pay for equal work, you know, that kind of stuff. What you don't see is the actual numbers. Right. 
you don't see like nobody's going like at any company. You're not sitting there going like, how much do you get paid? How much do you get paid? Like, that's not a conversation that you no. have. No, it's not. You know what I mean? And so all of this is under the table. And I think that in it's just been more the norm to offer better packages, to offer better pay to to men. And I think that sometimes this isn't done Consciously, I think it is. Uh, there's a lot of unconscious bias when it comes Not to that. Not done consciously. Every hiring manager knows what they pay their staff. That's definitely no, what done saying- consciously. And the reason it's done consciously, what I've heard is that is that hiring managers say things like, "But he's got a family to support." Oh, oh, well, that should make any difference because what? they can do the exact same job. He's a man. He's got a wife and kids. They can do the oh, exact okay. same job just as well as a man can. They should get paid the same. I'm, I'm all for that. And well, by the way, welcome to feminism. For <laughs> fuck's sake, John. When I the sandwich comment, I was being absurd. I was making a joke. Of course. What do you think? You're going to have sandwiches thrown at you at She Podcast Live? Oh, I'm going to be yeah. making them. So well, I might after that comment. I'll be making a sandwich for a man. All right. Wha-pow! <laughs> That would have been a nice, what is it, a gif? A gif? Right. Yes. Everyone, the- throw sandwiches at John. Let's get this party started right. Wha-pow. Wha-pow-pow. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, but this is really cool, guys. Y'all could, you'll see a link in the show notes. So just to reiterate for a lot of you guys, wherever it is that you're listening to our show, whether it's on our website, whether it's in Spotify, whether it's on Apple Podcast or any of your favorite podcast apps, most of them support clickable links. So if you want to read this right now while you're listening, you can just look at your device and usually either you swipe or you tap on the artwork or you swipe up. There's a way for you to see all of our show notes right there, which has all the links. So you can immediately get them. It's kind of amazing. Y'all should do that. And then let us know what you think (laughs) about because I work really hard on them, guys. I, I format them very nicely for you to consume. <laughs> so don't take advantage of it. So God don't take it. advantage of it. Okay. So I put this, um, if you don't mind, we can move on to this. Audiobooks? Next, yeah. The audiobooks thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was you just know, like, I just saw this. This was an article, uh, Nick Kwa from, you know, Top uh, what Pod. is it? Top, Top Pod. Pod. Mm-hmm. So he does a lot of thinking and he does, does a lot of. A great, <laughs> a, one of the greater thinkers of our time, I think. <laughs> he does a lot of thinking. Yeah. And he's a, he's a thinking I. thinking fool. And he writes in-depth stuff. Like, I, I am always in, in awe because I always think, like, he can actually keep one thread from one thing to the next because the reason that I write only for social media is because that's about as much time as I have for my brain to focus and as much time before I'm interrupted. So he obviously has a lot of time to sit down and write. And so usually, you know, I agree with him or I, I don't. But this one here. It's really deep. It's really, I don't quite, I don't think I agree with this at all, actually. With some of the things that he was writing about, where the title of this says, audiobooks are no longer exempt from the broader shifts in the podcast world. So he starts talking about the industry, right? And, well, I believe the audiobook industry is really booming. I love to listen to audiobooks. I think that they have stuff that we as podcasters can learn from. I don't behave when I go inside of my podcasting app in the same way that I behave when I'm looking at podcasts. 
in my podcast app. In fact, the way that you search categories inside of audiobooks, the way that you find content inside of apps like Libby, which is my absolute favorite by the library, are much, much better to discover new things to listen to. And he doesn't mention in this article about audiobooks anything to do with the library nor the Libby app, which is amazing. He only talks about Audible, which is the one that's making money, which is awesome. But Audible, after using Libby so extensively as I do, it is lacking big time. So I don't know if you guys don't listen to audiobooks, do y'all? I do. I do, do yes. But you probably use Audible. I do. Now I buy mine. I buy mine from either Amazon or something like that and listen to them. Right. Oh, I so guess yeah. that is buying so, it from Audible then, isn't it? Because doesn't Audible own Amazon? Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, so. Amazon owns Audible. Yes. Yeah. That's on, it. Yeah. The other way. The other way around. Yeah. So, so actually, it's funny that you say that because I thought I would try an Audible original when I was driving down to my grandmother, well, to the funeral with my son, and I chose something called Heads Will Roll with Kate McKinnon playing uh-huh. like an evil male- Maleficent type character. Uh-huh. It was like Kings and Queen type time, but they were like shopping at Costco and having gay best friends and stuff. It was quite funny. And we listened to the whole thing and it was actually really great. It's the first time I've ever listened to any kind of audible original piece. And it was a book, but not a book. It was like, you know, like a drama, like a actual television drama with no picture. It was amazing, kind of very creative and neat. I mean, it took me a while to get into it, but that's any television show. And then lately I've been listening to Amy Schumer's book. And I mean, yeah, it depends. I will say this, though, like when I listen to a book I have a 75% chance of not finishing that book than if I'm reading it. Mm. And that's because the person's voice starts to get on my nerves after like a couple hours mm. and I can't go through with it. Whereas like if I'm reading it, I don't have that problem because it's my voice yeah. in my head. Right. That's true. And I'm never sick of me. <laughs> Just kidding. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> but anyway. No, so- no, that's really interesting. And I think, you know, he does mention, he says, if anything, the relationship between audiobooks and podcasts is probably a mutually beneficial one, which I absolutely agree with. Absolutely. Yes, yes, they're yes, yes. So, they're so different, though. They are different. And I think that that's what I want to kind of highlight here. Because books are, uh, physical books, look like aren't they? losing a lot of money. People aren't really buying as many physical books. That's old news. Like borders went out of business. Well, like, of that's course old that's news. old news. Yes, but the the re, re resurfacing of audiobooks has has been incredible. Like people really, really. I mean, it that whole thing is growing so much. But what I'm saying here is that in apps like, and I'm going back to Libby because the reason that I can move from book to book to book on Libby is because it actually gives me all of these amazing separate options of how I can navigate like mysteries and thrillers and classical music, um, classical books or new ones that are coming out or nonfiction books. Like I can go through them and I can actually tag them according to, I don't know, something that's interesting me, interested me at the time. And also another thing that it does is it actually shows me when things are available or when, when things are not. Because remember, this is a library. So you can borrow a book 
as it stands at that moment, or they have like 15 digital copies and all of them are out. And sometimes you have to wait for the next one to come. I mean, obviously I can go buy it, but there's a lot of books that, why would I want to buy it? I just want to listen to the thing. And it's not that important to me. If I really want it, I'll buy it. But the way that the Libby app has been set up for listening and for keeping track of what you're listening and things that you've um, done before and the way that everything is curated inside of the app itself is fantastic. And it's so by far superior than any curation that you see in any of the podcast apps. Because for whatever reason, people that are doing podcast apps are thinking that they have to reinvent the wheel when it comes to offering new stuff like out. And if you look at the library, the librarians have been doing this for decades. You are obsessed with the library. I am obsessed. I will never stop talking about the library. I think it is the most incredible thing. And speaking of that, in the Libby app, they just had a whole section focusing in on podcasters that wrote books. And so they had a thing that said podcasters um, that wrote books. And then they have a whole section of that. And then you can totally go in there. Anyway, all I'm saying is, Nick... (laughs) If you're really interested in audiobooks and podcasting and how they intersect there, I think both of the the paid portions of this and the making money portions of this need to look over at the way that the Libby app is working and the way that the library system has been, you know, putting audiobooks out there as something that can be used and read by everybody. So it doesn't, you don't have to pay for these books. I would be, I read at least 52 books a year. That's bonkers. Isn't that crazy? But that's just yes. because I listen. Fully bonkers, though. It is fully. I'm reading a book about Hitler right now, dude. What? And the only reason I I know because like, I'm all Hitler obsessed right now. I'm Hitler obsessed. I'm World War II obsessed. Is it called Persuasive Techniques? <laughs> <laughs> Sales tactics from one of the world's greatest <laughs> dictators. No, it's just Hitler. <laughs> that would be an amazing entrepreneurial novel. What about him? No, I don't well, him. I mean, it's really interesting. And But the thing is, the guy who's reading it, he's a re- great reader. So it's the only reason that I'm sticking to it because he's because I've liked he's been a reader in other books that I've read that and I like his voice so much. Can I just ask you, maybe you should rephrase the term. I'm obsessed with Hitler lately. OK, I'm obsessed with World War Two lately. And what caused World there War II and what makes people follow propaganda. So that's what I'm obsessed with. I've read, I've already read two fiction books that take place in that era. Right now I'm reading another one. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I think it's called Women of the Castle. And it talks about women and how they live together now after their husbands, the women in the castle, that's what it's called, by Jessica Shattuck. Shattuck. Mm-hmm. And it takes place after there was like a, a whole thing of like some Nazi people who wanted to kill Hitler. And there was like, you know, that I don't know what it's called. What is it? Assassination? Yeah. Something. Yeah. And so anyway, it talks about the wives of this that went wrong. So these this group of dissenters wanted to kill Hitler because obviously... And then, <laughs> and it di- and they were thwarted and they were killed, and so their wives were all left. And then one of the wives picks up all of the other widows's and brings them together, and they all continue living after World War II is over. And it's a very intriguing way of looking about how you deal with when things are over. And it's all from the German perspective. It's all takes there in in Germany and. 
it's just fantastic. It's a beautiful piece. So anyway, that's why I'm obsessed with it. Because I'm like, I want to see the humanity of it. I want to see how, why it happened. Because it's so obviously our political climate right now merits us to really look at our choices every day. I didn't want to be talking about this right now, but <laughs> but that, you know, <laughs> that's what it's making me look like. So I want to see it happened like, what... because of fear. Well, it happened because, yeah, but of many different reasons. But the way that it was, yeah, it's so, so many things. So many things. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That was a weird turn of events. That was a um, weird, absolutely weird turn of events. Okay. So let's hear a little bit about our sponsor. Wave. W-A-V-V-E dot C-O. Yeah. So... Have you guys done any testing with Wave? We want to hear from you guys. We yeah. put this, you know, call to action to y'all way back in our last episode, which was two weeks ago, for you to use Wave and put it up and then tag us so that we can share it on our Instagram because Emily Prokop is amazing yeah. at making our Instagram not be dead. And so, <laughs> I mean... If you say it like that, it doesn't sound like that big of an accomplishment. No, but yeah, no, she's she's, doing, she's been doing amazing, amazing content. It's been really fun. Yeah. And so if you guys can do that, it would be awesome because we've been trying to test or to really drive out a little bit of your marketing and using something like Wave to uh, create some episode level content or even unique content the way that Jess did with her. What what did you do? The What song was it that you were singing? Which the one? one about? Oh, oh you, when you created that way. Please kill me. Yeah, please kill me song. Yeah, because I couldn't get on the internet or my yeah. mic wasn't working when apparently John was taping the whole thing. You were recording the whole thing. I just recorded it. Oh, I just gave it, it for, to you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, great. You didn't even know you had that on tape. My internet was but being bothersome and I was just singing so that I didn't start cursing, I guess. Although I did curse in the song. But yeah, I thought it would be a fun way to test the app. And it got a lot of, uh, engagement. A lot of engagement. So it was That's good. right. Yeah, so, it came out pretty so good. you know, stuff like that, stuff like what Jess made, that's not part of the show. That's like just extra, right? Mm -hmm, extra mm -hmm, stuff. You mm -hmm. guys can create something that's super short, like 15 30 seconds, seconds. Yeah. 30 seconds that is really short, that is in some way additive to what you guys are doing out there. And Wave has the tools to be able to do all of those fun things. And they do have a landing page for you that shortens all of the information of how somebody can listen and subscribe to your show as well, because they have a fun link, which we talked about it uh, the other day. Yeah. So thank you so much for Wave for supporting Yay. our show. And go ahead and sign Please up. check them out. For their service. And they're doing some amazing things, coming up with new templates very often and all kinds of fun stuff like that. So Check it out and tag us on social media, particularly Instagram at She Podcast, so that we can see the types of waves that you've created and we can thank our sponsor. That would be amazing. Yay. Yay, us. All right, Jess, I think it's time for a She Podcast live update. Are you ready? Ooh, I'm ready. And now an update on She Podcast Live. Oh, that's clever. All right. Cool. <laughs> Well, this week we decide Emily last week and Emily Prokop drove down here six hours in traffic and spent the night and we went through every single speaker application and we evaluated them for pitch and tone. No, I'm just kidding. We evaluated. 
<laughs> we read every single pitch. We researched every single speaker to see if they had obvious experience in the thing that they pitched. We then tried to find at least an example of their podcast to hear what their voice tonality was like so that we knew whether or not they would be good speakers, if they were engaging. We tried to find video, but it wasn't always easy. Anybody who did not have an updated show was immediately disqualified because Elsie, you and I talked about that before we even started taking speaking applications and both agreed that, you know, if you if you stop doing a show in 2017, it's possible that your knowledge and experience may be slightly outdated. I don't know. We just kind of wanted to give people who were in it to win it a chance. We also went through all the backers of the Kickstarter first to make sure that if there were sessions in there that we really, really wanted, that we put them in before we even looked at the speaker applications from people who weren't backers. Again, because they have skin in the game, they made a pledge that they would come and participate and support us even before this was even a real thing. And so we wanted to have some allegiance to them this first time around. Next year, of course, we won't have that. You know, we will just take all the applications evenly and equally. So there were 186 applications, which is... Okay, before you continue, 186 applications. How many people bought a ticket to go to She Podcasts? Around the same amount. They're not all <laughs> the same 200 people, which is weird. I know, but still, though, I, know. I mean, I come know. on, guys. Honestly, think about that. Just here's just what's weird with that. For just a to bit. give you a comparison, Chris Kermitsos' event, PodFest, which has a thousand people, last year he got 210 applications. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of weird that like the first time around you get 200 applications and you only have 200 people going so far. I mean, no, we have like 300 something people now going. It'll definitely get up to five by the time it's ready. But yeah, 186 applications. So we had to first go through also like the pitch titles, panels. If they didn't have like a clear idea of what they wanted to do as a panel, we disqualified them because we just don't have the time for them to figure it out. Like people had clear ideas of what they wanted to talk about, who they wanted to talk about it with. So we kept those in. And then we just kind of went through and tried to match it all up. For example, if there are four people who wanted to talk about how to grow a community, we put them all on a community panel. If there were six people that wanted to talk about editing, we put them on an editing panel. If there were a bunch of people who want to talk about social media strategy, that was a panel. And so we had to flush that out. We also had to figure out. So when we get there, the, we are going to have four breakout rooms. One of them is the ballroom, is a big ballroom, the marquee ballroom in the Marriott Marquis. And then the other three are smaller. So we're going to have one panel room, two solo session rooms and the ballroom. So we also had to figure out who was going to be in the ballroom spots because those are big audience draws. But the end of the story is that we have it all done. And then, of course, as soon as we make a decision, two people reached back out and said they were interested in doing a keynote, which were people who hadn't responded previously to my request for keynote. So we might have to juggle a little bit. But we should have this. If you're listening to this now, I'm hoping the schedule will be live. This is Thursday. I'd like to have it live by tomorrow. I have no idea if I'm going to be able to get it done, but I hope so. Um, we're going to have a rough schedule and a rough list of speakers. If you applied to speak and you didn't get in, it doesn't mean that your session wasn't deeply considered because believe me, we were agonizing over it. And then even after I couldn't see anymore, I went to bed. Emily stayed up all night and put every session on a post-it note with the title of the session on the front. And then if you flipped it up, 
the person's name and then maybe you know like and then we did like a little bit of domino roulette like trying to figure out like where it all went and are we making the right decision based on this and that so like some of it was like okay do we want this session doesn't matter who's doing it and then you flip over and you're like oh yeah yeah i want that person anyway she stayed up all night all night That's crazy. stuck them all in my dining room wall like a big it was amazing i came downstairs for breakfast and i was like damn <laughs> And she was asleep on the couch like, let me show you what I did. <laughs> she was so cute. She's such a blessing. I'll tell you what, that Emily Prokop. So, yeah, she's amazing. Um, so, yeah, so we finally got it all figured out. And I hope everyone is happy. I then did a survey. So we did a survey this week to the attendees just to make sure that I didn't make any mistakes with my decision making. Like, how much editing do you want? How much social media do you want? How much community and diversity and feminism do you want and I got the answers that actually I got answers that sort of reiterated what I had already thought so that's good it means I don't have to do too much shuffling around but I do want to make I did want to make sure that the attendees were really really happy with the content choices yeah and hopefully they will be hats off to you and lady because that's like girl thinking about that would it just makes me like it was very much like trying to decide who's going to sit with whom at a wedding it was Ugh. very, very much like that. It was strange, but good. Um, yeah, but I told you that I, you know, I was kind of uh, removed from a lot of this stuff because I don't, number one, like I told Jess, I, I, I didn't to want to be it. involved. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want it. No, thank you. But she did send, obviously, the spreadsheet to me. And I remember the first thought that I had when I was looking down the list, I literally almost cried because it was all Aww. women. And I was just like, like, to me, that was already a win. Like, just even looking at everybody's name and just seeing that there's like an entire spreadsheet of just women speakers. And that was so happy for me. Yeah. One of the examples of this that made me happy is like Lisa Orkin, who's a who's a member of our community, has applied to speak at Podcast Movement, I think, every year for like three or four years. And she's never been chosen. And then I saw her speak at the Outlier Festival in Austin. And she was so freaking funny and eloquent and smart and knowledgeable. And that was like a no brainer. I mean, she'd already applied, whatever, but like that was like a no brainer for me. And I felt sad that like, you know, because of the sheer volume, I talked to Dan at the Outlier Festival. They had 700 applications for this year's podcast movement. Imagine going through that. There's going to be, you know, easy decisions for them to make and then decisions that aren't easy. And then some that's just like, well, you know, we don't know who this person is. So whatever, we'll just say no. But I felt really grateful that I was able to pull out people that I know haven't had a chance to have their voice be heard that are really valuable, either in the community or, you know, knowledgeable about what they do. And though, and it was those types of sessions that made me the happiest. Like, finally, I'm going to get to see her on a stage do her thing. Right. You know? And then, yeah, there's a, yep. Absolutely. And it's, it, and I think that it's, it really is hard. I kept telling Jess that one of the litmus tests that I wanted is that people were really podcasters, right? And that yeah. were really involved within our community. And I was very strong about the fact that I didn't want people to all of a sudden start to come out of like, I don't know where they've been hiding this entire time that we've been doing this whole she podcast thing. It was like, oh my God, Jess, Elsie, you guys are great. Can I speak? Yeah. I've got like, they've never, <laughs> it's like, what? You haven't said hello to us in the past, I don't know how many years. Um, you have never listened to our show, I don't think. It's great that you are now really into podcasting, but do you really love it? And do yeah. you, I mean, you've never had a conversation in our group. 
You know what I mean? There's all of these other things. And there's women who have poured their heart and soul Mm -hmm. into She Podcasts. It's true. And have supported us and have been there. So it's really interesting the way people's minds work. Like I sent out the survey just to make sure that I had the content down like two days ago. And since then, I've gotten three more pitches. It's like I'm clearly making the final decision. (laughs) Applications stopped being taken on June 1st. Like, why are you telling me this now? And then one of them was like, I this was so bizarre. And I won't tell you the topic, but it was like one person replied back to my email and said, I'm willing to speak about this topic to your audience if it's true that I'm actually replying to a person and not just a like dump email address. So I wrote back and I was like, this is in fact a real person. However, we've already made final decisions on the content and save it for next year. Bye. (laughs) I think I saw that email as well. But also it was one of those topics where it's like, unless it's related to podcasting, I'm not sure how it applies. But okay, you can do that if you apply next year and get chosen. It was just weird. Like, I'm willing to do this for your select audience, my experience, but only if this is a real person. Like, thanks for the conditions under which you'll <laughs> grace us with your knowledge of a topic that doesn't exactly relate to podcasting. Uh, No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Thank you, but no. Yeah. That was literally the thing that I mostly responded to. Just, she was like, how about this person? I'm like, do they have a podcast? Have they, you know, engaged with us in any way? Do they love podcasting? Somebody I thought you, you normally, I don't ask you unless I think you know them. Right. And uh, odd how many people you don't know that I thought you knew. (laughs) No, I don't know a lot of people. I mean, I, you know, it's like, and also, I also know a lot of people's voices or a lot of people's social media presence and things like that, or their podcast, but I don't know who they are. Right. Kind of like I've heard of people's podcasts more than I have heard of them. Right. Well, right. Right. So right. anyway, well, thank you so much uh, for for that update, Jess, because yes. we all need to have a little bit of a She Podcast Live. And if you haven't gotten your ticket, can you please tell people where to go get their ticket? ShePodcastsLive.com. You can also, I mean, there's a banner on ShePodcast.com, but go to ShePodcastsLive.com. Check out the decisions we've made. Get your ticket. Book your hotel room. It's already 41. Our block is 41% full already. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's amazing. That's great. It's crazy. So yeah, go ahead and get it, get it, get it, get it done. Woohoo! So before we kind of take this out, I have a couple little things I want to share. One of them is that I was on Sarah Mikatel's show called Podcasting Step by Step. And if there's anything I can do to get more women's podcasts about podcasting up in the limelight, this is what I want you guys to do. So you guys need to subscribe to Podcasting Step by Step. It is a show about podcasting, particularly designed for mostly beginners, but she does a little bit more in there. But she, I did an interview with her, and I spoke about some things that I've never spoken about really? before in a podcast. So please go listen to that, and you can see that link in the show notes. The other thing is that um, this is just news since it's already kind of happening, the sound up boot camp from Spotify. This is year two. They closed applications on June 21st, but who knows? Maybe they would extend them. I don't know. You guys keep an eye out there in case you guys are interested in that at all. It is a great program. I I am a huge fan of the two peeps that are running the program because I think that they are very knowledgeable and um, can do great work. So that's something else I wanted to to put out there. 
that said, let's close it out with a little bit about our She Podcast Super Squad. Yeah, so we've been doing um, QAs on Facebook Live the last couple of Tuesdays. Elsie and I take turns. We answer your questions. So basically, we give you a reminder on Sunday that we're going to be in there Tuesday answering your questions. You guys comment on that post. And then we answer everything during Facebook Live. You can either show up for the live or you can see our answers afterwards. And then I think Elsie's been putting them, the recordings on Patreon, right? Once we're done. Yes, I have. I still, you know, I'm, I'm working on that, but I am, I meaning, I'm on the workflow, but absolutely. So my whole hope is to be able to upload them over to Patreon so that Afterwards. they're there and you can see them for the $5 a month yeah, uh, so it's, or more super squad people. So it's $5 a month. If you go to patreon.com forward slash she podcast, you can sign up for the $5 a month super squad plan and then join. You have access to us 24 seven. You can ask us whatever questions you want. We both try to pop in there and answer. And then of course we have the weekly answer with our faces and voices live in the group around 12, 12 noon every eastern standard generally speaking right so we'll tech- move it around here and there depending on our schedule i've been but. loving doing it. it's been really fun yeah and i think that one of the things that we really appreciate and i talked about it in my uh, q a this week was the fact because we had a question as to why if somebody wanted to create a new group for their podcast, why that would be. And I think for Jess and I, you know, She Podcast has become, the the group itself, the Facebook group has become like a a thing on its own. It's like over 12,000 women in there. It's a lot of people. And it's constantly going on and off and all the stuff. And when we first started, it was a much more intimate group. And we were in there a little bit more because I think it felt a little bit more contained and it was a lot more personal. And so with the She Podcast Super Squad, that is back. And so we get an opportunity to to build relationships with you guys to answer specific questions that you have. I just find that sometimes asking a question in a large group can make you more confused sometimes, than if you yeah. get somebody giving you specific advice. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody says, should I, I mean, obviously nobody's asked anything like this, but if somebody says, would you do a blue or would you do a pink? I can actually go in there and say, well, blue is because of this and this and this and pink is this and this and this. So you get a, a little bit more fleshed out answer than somebody just going in there and saying like, just do pink, pink, pink is the way to go. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. So it's fantastic. I really enjoy it. And again, only $5 a month, guys. It's invaluable. It's it's crazy. And like, it's, and I keep saying now, now I, it's so weird because I'm back in Pittsburgh at this moment and I've gone to Starbucks a couple of times and I am so surprised at how expensive Oh my God, is, every drink is right? $5. Holy crap. Yeah. It's Five dollars, y'all have five dollars. You, you five, five. Everything is five dollars. Five dollars is a new twenty-five cents. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has five dollars, and it will give you. I mean, anyway, even if you don't need the advice, it's just to support right. us. That would be amazing too. We yeah, do appreciate now the support. We are fleshing it out, aren't we, Jess? We're we getting John out, into the scene there. Yep. That's where uh, the funds are going into John. The funds are going over. Yeah, we're over. paying John, you guys, for the first time in four years. Woo-hoo! Woo! And then we're going to get some Emily support in there as well and yes. hopefully start to flesh hopefully. it out so that we can really we can really do what we want to do. Like, Jess and I have so many ideas on how to support you. So it's not like, oh, my gosh, look, we have an extra 20 bucks. Let's go buy some 
cake. Like it's not, it's not going to be that. Like there's so many different ideas that we have that would be like, oh, wow, wouldn't it be great for us to invest in this? Like, wouldn't it be great if we just had somebody help us do that? Or, you know, all of these different things. In fact, possibly in the future, we could even set up some money to the side where we could actually sponsor some other events that are going out there that would be women centric as well. Wouldn't that be so cool? So it would be such a wonderful way. And again, $5 a month is really no big deal. So that is it. I think that All it's right. time for us to wrap wraps it up. Wraps it up. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to She Podcast. If you want to find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you can find us at She Podcasts. Also, our website is ShePodcast.com. And don't forget Patreon.com forward slash She Podcast. And your tickets to She Podcast Live in Atlanta this fall, 10, 10, 11, 12, 13 are the dates. And that is at ShePodcastsLive.com. <laughs> I have to do that because people always forget that part. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to John, our beautiful editor. If you need an editor, go to audioeditingsolutions.com. John Buchanan is the best editor in the, the world. Best. He's the best, John Buchanan. And thank you so much, Elsie. <laughs> you look lovely as always. Oh, God. And, uh, <laughs> I took screenshots because we never have the three of us. I know. Video. Well, I know, right? It's true. Oh, yeah. So true. Um, so yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Love you. Mean it. <gasps> I'm wearing a t-shirt. You are. Oh, my God. It says love, love you, you mean, mean it t-shirt. on her t-shirt. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.